0: Welcome to another installment of Digital Critical Gaming, your home of podcasting, news, all about games. We don't care if it's console, PC, handheld, tabletop, trading card, we like it all. Today's topics of discussion are going to be DLC, what's good and what's bad, and also fanboyism, and why we generally do don't really like it too much. I'm joined today by Corey.
1: Say hi, Corey. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, Hi, everyone. I'm... uh... Yeah, never mind about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm also joined by Dan. Hello. Mikey. Hello, all. And a new person, my brother, Eric.
2: Hey, how's it going, guys?
0: Eric, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself since you haven't been on here before. What your history of gaming is, that kind of deal.
2: All right, well, I'm Eric. Hi, support group.
3: Hi, Uh, Eric. hi. (laughs) Hi, Eric
2: uh i've been gaming my whole life too i did listen to your first show guys so i'm kind of up to speed um way back yeah kyle and i we're brothers if i don't know if you mentioned that um but growing up we went going way back we had a 2600 atari way back in the day I remember playing that on um, both. yeah H- hockey
0: yeah. was the best
2: yeah or you know just slightly advanced pong is basically what it was um <laughs> but we also we had Nintendo. We played a lot of Genesis, though a lot of Sonic, a lot of Sonic Two. I remember those days. Never beat it, of course. But, um, but yeah, I've you know I've got the growing collection. I've got a lot of systems that I've purchased in recent years at flea markets, going up to um, PlayStation, GameCube, N sixty four, all the way up to the, the new gen. I've got uh, PS three and a Wii U. We Wii 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 is my. Wii U. Yeah.
1: Sorry. Only...
2: Sorry.
0: Have to do that every time someone says it.
2: <laughs> I want to only foray into the next gen. I'm holding off on a PS4 for a good long while. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much where I stand right now.
0: Awesome. First off, thank you everyone for listening to our first show and giving us those comments and the feedback greatly appreciated I know the audio wasn't as good as it could have been um we've solved a few of those problems there were some settings that were changed that I didn't realize fortunately thanks Mike yeah Mike (laughs) what'd I do (laughs) (laughs) why don't we get right into our first topic and that's gonna be fanboyism and why I think it's a horrible horrible thing my problem with it, we were discussing in our TeamSpeak server the other day about if we were going to get Destiny and which console we were going to get it for. Now, we have a lot of different walks of life in, in our TeamSpeak server from all sorts of different jobs. One of them is an actual Microsoft employee out in Washington State. So, of course, he goes... Well, you're going to get it for the Xbox One, right? Well, I don't know. You know, ever since that fiasco E3 that they had, where you the one line that stuck with me is, it's always going to have to have Kinect. It's baked into the system. You can't have an Xbox One without a Kinect. So, what do they come out with? Just two months ago, I think. an Xbox One without Kinect, that's $100 cheaper. <laughs> so, I, you know, it's just that kind of stuff rubs me the wrong way. Now, I'm not saying that the Xbox One isn't a good console. They're going to have some really good exclusives. I mean, I'm a fan of the Forza series. I like it better than Gran Turismo. I think it, the physics are, are a little better in that. For, for the driving versus the um, the PlayStation versions uh, of Gran Turismo. but just that ingrown you have to get it for this th- this generation because it's what you need to do. That's what, what what I don't like. What about you guys? What are your thoughts?
4: Well, I think with the Connect thing, they had to have it as part of the system because they put so much time and development into it. They had to justify all that and basically force games to include it, essentially. So by making it part of the package, you're essentially saying to a whole generation, put Kinect in your game if you want to be um, on our system. And which makes sense from their point of view. The problem is... I don't want to connect. I've never seen the appeal of Connect and have no interest in that whatsoever.
1: And you know what? I I adore Connect. Ah. <laughs> you know what? It's it's fantastic. You're laying in bed and you you see the controller sitting on, on the Xbox across the room and you're all nice and warm in your bed watching Netflix and you want to turn down the volume. You just have to talk to your Xbox. I think it's a lot better than when you're especially in Canada when you have like minus forty degrees outside and you want to get out of that warm bed it's Xbox volume down, it's great.
5: (laughs) You're not an electronics do electronics work in that cold temperature?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know what, in our igloos it kinda gets pretty cold.
5: As an older brother I can say there
4: is nothing funnier than going up to your little brother playing Xbox and shouting Xbox off and then running off
1: that happened. That you know what, even my friend on Skype does that to me sometimes, (laughs) you'll know I'll be playing and I have Skype on my speaker because I don't want to wear a headset and he'll just randomly yell out Skype, or not Skype, (laughs) Xbox turn off and you'll be like, oh.
0: Oops, well, there goes that game.
1: (laughs) Yep, but you know what, thankfully Destiny's, uh, you know that MMO, yeah, thankfully it's an online game where you can just pick up where you left off, so. Fortunately, fortunately, We're ready
5: for checkpoints. <laughs> ready. Well, uh, let's see. I I do like the connect myself as well. It's good. Um, I forget. What, what was the subject <laughs> anyway? What was the question? Fanboyism. Yeah. Oh, fanboyism. But, uh, I've seen fanboyism from every system, uh, every game there's wow fanboys there's star or mm-hmm. fanboys there's what other games are Lotor, a uh, whole bunch everybody's not, uh, really when they have some uh, money and time invested in a particular thing they tend to turn into fanboys I actually fallen into that trap myself I try not to be <laughs> but it, it does happen but uh, I mean I was a fan of a- AMD forever and uh, I finally got my first Intel computer and I really like it. So, you know, I'm also a fan of PC and not uh, Apple and now I have my Apple phone so I kind of like that. So I try <laughs> to keep keep away from the fanboy and just go with the technology that I want to mess with. But the Xbox 360 is still really fun. I don't actually play it much. The kids do. And we have a Kinect at work and the Kinect doesn't work that great but I don't think it does. I don't think it's as accurate as it needs to be. Maybe it, the new one's better. I don't
1: know. Well, the new one is significantly better. Is it? So, yeah, by far, yeah. Yeah, that, that's but what I've the heard. The
5: PlayStation 4 looks nice, too. Right now, um, I don't see a significant... I could be totally wrong, but I don't see a significant upgrade yet. The games have not barely caught up to the max of what the old systems can do. Yeah, yeah. So, Until we get to that point, I'm not
1: going to worry about upgrading my children. That's actually a very interesting point. I never really thought about that.
0: I saw a side-by-side-by-side-by-side-by-side graphic comparing um, the character model and the graphics between the 360, the PS3, Xbox 360, and Xbox One. And I looked at it, and I was looking at it, and I was looking at it. I couldn't see that much of a difference. Now, granted, yeah. we're still real early in the next-gen console lifespan, so I don't think the designers and the artists have really gotten a handle on what the systems can do just yet.
4: I'm waiting for the Dynasty Warriors test, which is the best test, because on the PlayStation 2... I'm sorry, the what? Dynasty Warriors, the best game series ever made. Dynasty uh, Warriors? the idea of Dynasty Warriors is you are <laughs> some guy in China, okay, and you have to kill your way to the other side of China, taking out most of the population, but not killing them, you just knock them out. There is not a single death in that game outside of cutscenes. But, yeah, in the PlayStation, you could handle around 600 knockouts per battle. Now, with the Xbox, I could handle about 3,000. Now, what's it going to be on the next generation? Because that's the only thing I can see. Also, yeah, D- Dynasty Warriors had the best names for everything because they were all so badly translated so you ended up oh, yeah. with some like, people called Calp and <laughs> Hung Guy and just all these brilliant names. It was brilliant. I love that series.
0: I-, I highly encourage people to-, to look up some YouTube videos of gameplay from Dynasty
1: Warriors. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I'm looking at quite a few now. It's hilarious.
0: About. It's absolutely hilarious. Eric, what about you? What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It's, you know, even going back to, like, the bit wars, like, the jump from system to system, even visually, mm-hmm. it was so apparent, like, especially when you went from, like, the Super Nintendo to the N64. It was a whole other dimension thrown in there. But now with the new systems coming out, the jump seems to be so slight. That's why a lot of people are holding off. And I think backwards compatibility could be their best friend. Because if there was backwards compatibility with, say, the PS4, I would have bought it already. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that's what the Wii U, one of the few things that's done right is the backwards compatibility is my Wii is, that sounds weird to say, my Wii is in the closet (laughs) right now. You don't play with your Wii no more. Uh, That was a bear trap. Yeah, it's, it's ever since I bought my ever since I bought my Wii U that old system has been in the closet in a box ever since but now i still have my ps3 out and it's on right now because there's so many games still coming out for it and so many games that i still play now that i just don't have that incentive to run out and buy the next generation because it's not doing a whole lot for me at the moment
5: i do have a question for you eric you sure still have the wii u yeah you don't see a big a huge difference or you did i i didn't catch that
2: well, I was I was talking more from PS3 to PS4. As far as oh. the Wii U goes, those graphics kind of equate to the PS3 and the and the 360 as opposed to the kind of um, less than HD graphics that the Wii had. I know I know my kids love the Wii
5: and I like playing bowling, but I'm old yeah. so.
1: <laughs> I I guess also like at what point are we going to see the next generation of console because when you look at graphics now compared to the xbox the more later games in the xbox um like they're starting to look the same i'm trying to figure out what the next actual generation of of gaming is going to be like is it going to be lifelike like they already look lifelike now but are they going to actually like feel are they going to like when you look at your tv screen are they going to look like you're looking through a window it, it's really interesting to see um or for me at least um how there's really there really is not a big gap yet between that that next generation between the Xbox 360 and the Xbox One I'm still waiting to see what this huge enormous graphical um what's the word I'm looking for upgrade upgrade yeah it, it's just like the the Nvidia posting uh the image of the Mars uh landing thing on the on the internet there but my point being, it I'm, I'm still waiting for that, like, mind-blowing...
0: You're waiting up- for the aha moment.
1: Yeah. It's like going from N64 to um, Xbox One, I'm waiting for that, that big jump into the next generation consoles. Because you know what? I probably could have been perfectly fine with an Xbox 360 as well, because there really is no difference visually that you can really notice... Between the two consoles, yeah, you're going from 80, maybe maybe uh, uh, 60 frames per second to 120, but the eye really doesn't pick that up that much. And I'm no.
4: I think certain people would burn you at the stake now for
1: saying that. Hey, probably, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> you know what? You can introduce 3D TV. It's it's a feature. It's not revolutionary, and I don't think the Xbox One is revolutionary compared to its predecessor. Uh, the the 360 I still think we're I don't know maybe we're just becoming too picky and we're expecting too much from graphics but yes the Xbox one the PlayStation both have very um, decent looking graphics but I'm I'm still waiting for something that's going to be mind-blowing that when I look at it it's going to be like wow this is not like any of the other systems
2: yeah Uh, that's the question because before it used to be at least in my experience, one of the biggest reasons for buying the next generation of console is the graphics are so much better. That yeah, was absolutely. one of the, the top of the list. But now, since that's kind of been taken away, or if there is a shift, it's not big enough for us to really notice it off the bat, like we've been saying. It's like, what really is the reason to go out and shell out another $400, $600 for the next system, especially if the launch lineup of games isn't enough to get us out
1: there already?
3: Oh, cool. And I, I think
1: fanboyism in the term that it is I think it comes down to more brand hogging which brand looks looks better it's like the, the luxury Apple brand and, and the Playstation you're going to have your, your fanboys and, and the, the, the Xbox you're going to have your fanboys and I think it's now coming down to brand rather than the hardware because the systems are almost identical in right. what they offer Yeah.
5: you also got to remember fanboy what's fan short for? fanatic and that's exactly true. What mm-hmm. what uh, we're seeing, and we all turn into them, even though we want to say we don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we do. And, and yeah, a little I corner. Pressure. I try so hard not to and run away from it. But of course, I turn in. I'm I'm a football fan. I am a fanatic on that. <laughs> I am a fanatic when it comes to Americans my Browns. Americans like their football. <laughs> yes, we do. And uh, Brown fans, we like. Well, most Americans like our football. Not Kyle. No,
0: way. no, I'm not a football guy.
5: <laughs> but uh, Brown fans, we like punishment, apparently. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, let, let's take it a, a step back and say, come up with, with, like we did the last podcast, what is a fanboy? For me, it's someone that goes out of their way to argue a point of this thing is better than the competition because and it doesn't necessarily have to be right but they refuse to listen to what the other side has to say for instance AMD processors versus Intel processors AMD processors they're great they're fantastic for gaming they're just what you need and they're also significantly cheaper than the Intel processors. Now the Intel processors, raw, numbers-wise, are faster. If you need to do more scientific computations per second, you want Intel. But for gaming, there's no reason why you wouldn't necessarily choose an AMD processor. Also, that AMD processor is cheaper. The Intel, you're, you're looking at a $300 price difference just on the processor itself. That's very true. And there are people that are die hard Intel guys, Intel fanboys, that go Intel or nothing. Everything else is absolute crap. But as soon as you say, well, this is only within a percentage point of this one from your side they won't have anything to do with it. <laughs> they'll come after you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they'll they'll try to to shut you down and and stop the argument right then and there. That to me is a fanboy. The problem with that kind of fanboy is it drives the cost up because what what happens is they'll go out and they'll buy whatever it is. Intel comes out with a new $1,000 processor. They'll go out and spend $1,000 on one component of a system, which is, in my mind, absolutely ridiculous. Unless you're looking at you know, a server for a corporation doing business-critical things, then yeah, okay, it, it, it could make sense. But for, if all you're doing is gaming... There is no reason in the world why you would have to spend $1,000 on a CPU. I could build an entire computer for less than that. And that's my problem with fanboys, is they'll they'll just blindly go out and buy whatever the company that they've sworn loyalty to, essentially, um, comes out with. Doesn't necessarily have to be better. In fact, it could be worse they could be getting screwed over hardcore and they'll still do it with a smile and that's what I don't like is when the person that you're trying to explain the reasoning of why you you like this one thing a, a little bit better and they, they just won't have it. That's what I disagree with. Okay.
5: Well, fanboys to me um, and I'm with you, just about everything you said there, Sin. Uh With fanboyism, I think of a person, and no offense to people, because we're all there occasionally, a little closed-minded at that particular topic. They're not willing to acknowledge other points of view. I try so hard not to be closed-minded because I'm learning everything every day. I learn new things. So I like to learn about new technologies, and I'm not but I was close-minded to the AMD because of the price. I liked the price. AMDs were really good. They were, for a long time, they were just right up with Intel. Mm-hmm. Now, I do think Intel kind of pulls it away on certain things like Sim was saying to where I took a leap, and now I own two Intel processor computers, and I like them. I still like AMD, but I'm hoping they'll catch up, which they usually do, and then it drives the price down for both because they'll compete. Yes. And that's what we want. We want, I would love to see another processor pop in the picture. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. But if it did, that would just help drive the price lower. And that's what I'm a fan of low prices. Yeah. Same I'm, here. I'm, a che- I'm a cheapskate. <laughs> 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 so, but uh, as in fanboyism, uh, just don't be cl- close minded. Listen to the other person and you might find out that game or system, you might want both of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know a lot of people that have the PlayStation uh, 4, well, actually 3, and the Xbox 360, and they love them both. Yeah, I have both. I, I had one son that had the Xbox uh, 360, he still does, and the other one that was living in my house, he had a PlayStation 3, and he loved they, they loved them both. They'd take turns on them. So, you know, of course, <laughs> when you have a game like Halo it's only for the Xbox and you have similar games like a, only for the PlayStation 3, it doesn't hurt to do that. I mean, that's a good marketing strategy. But overall, just don't be closed minded. That's, that's what, when I hear the tough, that's why I run away from it. Fanboyism, I think of closed mindedness. And I don't like to be closed minded, I like to keep my options open. Yep. I'm going to play the
4: stereotypical Brit here and go with a Winston Churchill quote <laughs> Winston Churchill said a fanatic oh, no. is one who can't change his mind and won't change the subject <laughs> which I think is brilliant that's true. That that's, yeah, that, that's good <laughs> that's on. but yeah um, but to me the uh, fanboy is someone who has both negative sides and also positive sides I'm going to bring up the Elder Scrolls um, series which by itself isn't all that great the game release is buggy beyond repair i had sort of dragons flying backwards people <laughs> shooting yeah. at the dragons and not realizing they were falling off the tower that they were shooting the dragons and just ai was all over the place and luckily there are people who absolutely love this game and they basically go out and finish it for the developer with just this there, there is no reason why they should pick this game over all the other games out there, when this game is so broken. But, yeah, they go and they just do all these insane things, and then take it further than just fixing the game. Mm -hmm. So you end up with, like, miniguns in Skyrim, which is awesome, because who doesn't want to shoot a mammoth with a (laughs) minigun? Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I'd say Fanboyism is both a... Games companies would love Fanboys, because they what they are what keep all the developers going. Essentially, is someone who will buy their product without question. So, yeah, on the one hand, you've got this wonderful positive side in the form of mods, and also you've got the other side is um, yeah, people who will buy things for ridiculous prices because they're there. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: To piggyback right off that uh, reminds me of a story I heard years ago. I think when the PS3 came out. Uh oh.
1: That was a great story. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh. Man. Uh-oh. Was so hey, you just said it so fast.
0: Uh oh, you, you cut out there, Mr. Mateer. Did I? I yeah. yeah. I
2: was saying that uh, when the PS3 was released. Um, People were going out and buying the system at launch, and then putting it on eBay for thousands of dollars, and people were paying it because oh, really? that, that's it's the same thing. They the same thing wanted with the, the PS3. Right now, they wanted it when it launched. They didn't care how much it was because it was a PS3 and it was new and it was Sony, and they had to have it. Exactly. There you go. Old
5: as money, or
2: soon departed.
0: Any final comments on fanboyism and why it's not necessarily the best thing in the world?
1: Well, you know, I'm going to put in a little two cents on that uh, NVIDIA and AMD thing, because I know it's the same thing with the iPhone and with um, Android, is they both come out with phones, and they both come out at different times of the year. And I think sometimes you can get... um, um, Intel releases a new a new processor and then everyone wants it because it's the new back best thing so they they raise the price up a bit prior to launch and then the AMD ones may come down a bit because AMD knows that Intel has released something and then the the clientele come away from AMD and go to Intel and then the same thing when AMD comes back with something better AMD raises the price and Intel may stay where they are because they know they're still pretty competitive and then AMD will come back down. So I think it, it might be just waiting for AMD to come out with something something very strong, like a very strong competitor to Intel, and maybe we haven't seen it yet, maybe we have. Um, and I think that, that kind of flex, fluctuates over throughout the year. Um, same thing when you talk about uh, NVIDIA um, and ATI and their graphics card as well. Mm-hmm. They, they both come out with new ones, and I think the, the prices kind of stay a little bit high because they know they can maintain it and the other brand kind of is a sucker and waiting until they can pull something um, that's better and you'll get those people that are always going to stick with their one brand and I'm kind of the that way with my with my iPhone like I know the the Android phones, some of them are, are are way better but I choose to have my iPhone because I'm paying for I know I'm paying for quality um, I love how the iPhone is a full metal phone. You can get some phones, like the the um, Android phones, not necessarily Android, but the the manufacturers who make their phones, um, or or manufacture the phone with the Android software on it. Um, and I find those phones to be less quality. So when I'm building a computer, I'm bu- I am building my computer. I'm spending a lot of money. I'm choosing products that I know that have very good quality that are going to last a long time. Um, sometimes it's hard when you look at Intel and and uh, AMD because the manufacturers build their products for them um, so it's more difficult in that case but in the in the case of a, an, an iPhone I choose to have an iPhone because again it's, it's metal compared to a phone that's plastic because I know the plastic is going to wear it over time it's not going to last as long as my iPhone so um, sometimes you pay a little bit more for quality and that quality lasts a little bit longer and that's why things are a little bit more expensive. That's just my opinion.
4: But if there were to be an Android phone, let's say, with the metal background or the sort of, you can tell that it's got the quality, would you be willing to switch over if you could see absolutely that it was a better product? Because I You think know that's... what?
1: That, that, that might be an option. I would be open to that option. But that being said, when Apple has you in every single... Um, you're kind of locked like corner, in. Corner. Uh, when it comes to the iTunes Store, when you have you all your purchases yeah. on music, yeah. entertainment? When they have you locked in your entertainment on your phone, and your operating system on your desktop, you're kind of stuck staying with that brand unless you made the switch to either Google OS or Windows that, in, that allowed for a little bit more friendly playtime with uh, with Android. So. you got to just... be
4: paranoid about Steam going down again.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> oh no, Steam! <laughs> yeah, but the good thing, though, with Steam is it works on all three OSs, so I don't have anything major to worry about there. Yeah,
0: that is true. Alright, let, let's move on to to our second discussion topic. Um, bananas! Bananas, yes. Bananas are awesome. I, I prefer them in smoothie form with some strawberries. Mmm... But let's talk about that banana DLC. More more specifically, when does DLC turn bad? And Sims. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's actually a, a, so many. That that's actually a good example. The new Sims game has some key features from the old Sims game that they took out and EA has said that we took them out so we could sell them to you in DLC. To well, absolutely, me, they do that. <laughs> to me, that's bad.
5: Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's more with their series... People that's been playing it, and uh, I gotta raise my hand. Yes, I play Sims. Yeah, don't <laughs> judge. Anyway, yeah, I
3: play the Sims too. I, like <laughs> I haven't got don't the four. I,
5: I play, play the here.
4: Sims two. I don't play the Sims
5: two. Well, not, you can get Sims two for free now. The I whole, don't. all the DLCs. So mm, have fun. That taught me what to do. You just gotta wait twelve well, years. For yeah, any I'm Sims sorry. Game. My son just said uh, that was limited time. It's gone now. So I don't. know, I oh, haven't no. checked it but anyway uh yeah you'll you'll spend three four hundred dollars on all their dlcs once they get so many out uh their th- last one they just had sims 3 i i think it cost a, a, a close to 300 dollars to get them all and that's just ridiculous but i guess on that you just kind of piecemeal what what in the game that you can't live without? What features? And uh, just go with that. Yeah, what features? The weather feature is awesome. That that's a must. You have to have seasons, and then whatever else from there. If you want to drive cars and yeah, you know, and those kind of things. But yeah, they get you. you. You just have to. That's why I haven't bought Sims Four because I know they're going to get me, <laughs> and it's like I, uh, I just don't want to do that yet. And I I only have like three or four expansions or DLCs uh, for uh, Sims 3. And now all of a sudden there's another Sims out there. It's like, didn't they just come out with this one? Holy crap. So they're producing them, I think, to the point where they're going to ruin their brand. I think they're coming out too fast. And you could also, same same thing with Battlefield 3. They came out with DLCs so often I couldn't keep up and now they're doing the same thing with uh, Battlefield 4 yep. so I think they're good if they're in moderation but when they go crazy it's too much yeah, that, I thought Borderlands did it right I, I thought they it wasn't too much um, I even came in a year later after it came out and it wasn't that many to purchase and then they came out with a couple more here and there down the road and it wasn't I felt that wasn't too bad.
4: Okay, I want you all right now to go on Steam and look up Train Simulator Two Thousand Fifteen. Oh no. No no no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no! 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 The DLC is over two thousand five hundred dollars. No, it's not. No, it's pounds. Over... Pounds. Oh, pounds. I was saying... That's yeah, like I was five thousand dollars.
1: <laughs> yeah, four thousand American. It was. Yeah. God, that's, that's
0: so bad.
1: That's so bad. <laughs> That's that's you just know, ridiculous. Just imagine pressing the checkout button.
4: <laughs> oh, just yeah, I'm scared I don't. To be on I this don't page. even <laughs>
0: think Steam.
1: I, I don't even think they let
0: you do that dollar amount in a single purchase. I probably not. <laughs> I, I know with like um, the Steam trading cards. If you're one that buys and sells the the trading cards, they cut you off at two hundred dollars and say, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! We we need to like make sure all of." All these ducks are in a row, um, because we think you're you're doing something shady. So if you're spending five thousand dollars on Steam in one transaction, I am sure the police will be knocking at your door to make yeah. sure that you're okay. I
4: think they need to do that anyway, because anyone who likes trains that much,
0: <laughs>
5: <for $80. laughs> you are not kidding. It's four thousand eight eighty-seven yeah. dollars and shady. ten cents. That's... Oh, gotta have ten cents.
1: Wow. <laughs> They're right down it's to it. Very her. important.
5: How many systems could you build with that? A lot. <laughs> Jeez.
4: So, yeah, that's Runaway DLC there, I
0: think.
5: That would be yep. a fanboy, right? <laughs> yes. That would
0: be a fanboy.
5: I'm <laughs> not knocking you if you've done that, but.
2: Ugh. All those train simulator fans out there. Forget the simulator. You could probably buy a real train for that. Ha <laughs> <laughs>
0: living the tree oh my gosh do you know what kind of if you were to to do it as a model train you know what kind of crazy setup you could do for five thousand dollars with like an ho scale model train i have an uncle that that has a a garden sized train and he lives down in texas he's got like a camera on the front of it and it records all the stuff that it does and all that i'm sure that costs less than that
5: <laughs> oh my i i can't believe now what about that one I can't
1: it's not butter uh
5: i think it's a popular in europe uh uh truck driver simulator some something like oh, that Euro Euro, Euro, Euro truck. I, I, you mean and does just, that have a lot yeah. of them too? Oh, <laughs> oh
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it, It's a German thing—the whole simulator thing.
1: But you know what? Uh, really, really, how different is this from uh, Star Wars: um, The Old Republic and their online store?
4: It's not. Uh, yeah, I dread to think how much people spent on there.
1: It's just. I don't want to talk about it.
4: <laughs> yeah, I
1: don't want to talk <laughs> about it, it, it either. It's not much different. But you know what? I think, like, as you guys have said in moderation um, when you look at um... oh and i've lost my thought already womp, awesome. womp. you you mean your your train of yeah, thought yeah train, has of, thought gone <laughs> train off of the on the train i need an add on for that i need to purchase that
3: <laughs>
5: stay on track
0: yeah um, we we need to get the on track dlc for this oh, conversation oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> new, oh, new so drinking cool game
1: to <laughs> Um, okay, that okay. That's where I was going. Um, you pay forty dollars, and you have the game. Um, if let's say just for easy, you know, let's just say one person buys the game because I don't want to think about ten to hundred. I can't do math in my head right now. One person buys a game that's forty nine dollars. That forty nine dollars is then divided into a hundred different paths because you have to pay all the employees that make the product. Now, when you start adding DLC that also contributes to the people that are getting money because they're now out of a job because they released the game where they're going to continue working probably going to start working on the next project that they're given but at the same time the company still needs a source of income and I think that's where we're seeing this this DLC um, model in, in more and more games including the MMOs that are starting to be free to play because they're not making money off of The games are making more money off content that they can continuously get people to buy.
0: What DLC I don't like is the kind that's already baked into the disc. Yeah. And we need to to take a slight step back and explain how games are actually manufactured. So you're, you're the developer, you create the game, and you go to the company that makes the DVDs and you say this is the content that needs to go on the disc. And they go right 10,000 copies coming up, we'll have it ready for you in three weeks between making the disc and getting the labeling and packaging and all of that. What I don't like is when that one set of code gets released to go gold is what it's called when it goes into being manufactured. When that disc already has DLC information on it. That to me is stuff that should have been in the game that you could earn in the game.
2: Well, there was a controversy a couple of years ago with Capcom, and I don't remember if it was Street Fighter 4 or Street Fighter Tekken, I think it was the second one, where it was exactly that, like hackers or whoever found out that there were characters already on the disc that were, they called it disc-locked content, you know, instead of downloadable content, which is what DLC is supposed to mean. And they're saying, why are we paying you the $60 for the game and then paying you another, I don't know, $5? For a character pack, when it's already on the game, we paid for. We right. have it. You just won't let us access it, and I have a problem with that too. That okay? If it's truly downloadable somewhere down the line, couldn't fit it on the disc, whatever. That's great, but let us earn the characters like we used to back in the day, yeah. instead of just having to pay money to get the characters instead.
0: A good example also of that is Battlefield. Um, they had a couple of map packs already in the disc but they didn't have them available to play you had to pay for them a lot of times you'll also see these as pre-order bonuses anytime you Uh see something that's a pre-order bonus I can guarantee you 100% of the time that's already baked in into the code base. That was probably like, for instance, um, I'll use Deus Ex Human Revolution, the the newer one that they came out with two years ago. There was different pre-order bonuses for different weapons in there. Those were weapons that were going to be in the game normally, but they took them out and segregated them and said, no, 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 no. This high-powered sniper rifle? No, 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 no. You have to pre-order from this one company I think it was that one was a GameStop pre-order in order to get it but sure enough a year goes by and all of a sudden all of these weapons are now available as 99 cent DLC you mean I can get it now but I still have to pay for it but it was in the game to begin with and then you pulled it out There was an interesting
2: one where I think it was done almost to deter buying the game used. It was Arkham City, and we won't even get into all the different pre-order bonuses that game had, but when it came out... You you um, need a
0: college PhD for figuring that one out.
2: (laughs) There was like one where if you bought the DVD, you got something. I don't know. But when it came out, like in that game, if anybody's played it, Catwoman is kind of an integral part of the storyline, but every single copy to my knowledge of the game when you bought it came with the code that you put in to unlock the Catwoman story which was already on the game which is well and good but A that's an extra step you have to do to start the game it took me like 20 minutes just to play the game because of all this and the second problem is that if you buy the game used there's a 99% chance that the person who had the game before you already used the code on their system and now you have the game without Catwoman, but good news—you can buy it on the PlayStation Store or on the Xbox Marketplace for like $6.99. Yeah, so I think that no, a
0: five-dollar purchase.
2: Yeah, which great—you know, I'm saving ten bucks to buy the game used, but now I still got to shell out five dollars to get this part of the story that is right. no longer part of the game.
0: Yeah, I, I don't I don't like that. The kind of DLC that I do like, though, would be. Um, Mass Effect 3 with the From Ashes DLC where you get to uh, get a Prothean companion and there's a bit of story around it. Granted that Prothean asset was already in, in the disc so part of it was pre-baked but what they did was they had that, that asset sitting in the disc they sent the discs out to be manufactured and they had i think it was 3 weeks in between from
4: what i understand w- certification in order to get on the xbox takes anywhere between 6 and 8 weeks as they test everything so that's okay. that's like whole 2 months to work on something <laughs>
0: right so so they, so they had this huge amount of time in between when they said yep here's version 1 of the of the game this is what's going out retail to stores and then they had anywhere from six, eight, ten weeks worth of time to to create something. Well, instead of sitting there twiddling your thumbs, because art guys aren't gonna be doing bug fixes in the code. They're they're not gonna be patching exploits, you know, they're they're artists. They design and come up with the stuff. They're not forget that. That yes. (laughs) <laughs> for, for those <laughs> wondering, my, my brother is a professional illustrator, um, so he has working knowledge of how these things happen. Uh, Not a programmer. N- yeah, no. The program guys make the code. The artist guys come up with making it looking pretty. And, well, what are you going to do with those artists? They're just sitting there, and what... Bioware did with Mass Effect 3 was well let's make a Day 1 DLC involving this one asset that we didn't, we came up with but we never actually used and that was born the the From Ashes Day 1 DLC I have no problem with that because that's keeping someone that normally would have either been laid off transferred to a different different project which may mean that they would have had to physically move them from, say, uh, one dust to another. Uh, Mass Effect was BioWare Edmonton, so they might. To Montreal. Mm-hmm. To Montreal, or maybe it, they would have been transferred down to BioWare Austin to work on Swotor. So that's keeping someone in the in in the family so to speak creating a wonderful add-on for the game that i enjoyed made ea money because now they can sell that dlc for those that didn't pre-order or pre- uh, i think that one was ev- for everyone that pre-ordered got that if i'm not mistaken yes um so those that didn't pre-order you, you could still get it you have to pay for it so hey that's extra revenue that's keeping other people it, with jobs and more money um, and I have no problem with that what I don't like is when you're using DLC as either a a anti-cheat mechanism anti resell mechanism anti-piracy mechanism Because all of these things are going to happen, but now you're making it so that legitimate customers have to jump through extra hoops to get the content that they've paid for. And I don't like that side of DLC.
2: What's even more frustrating at times is that you'll buy a game when it comes out because you're a fan of the game fanboy to go back to an earlier conversation whatever (laughs) and then but then if you wait say six months to a year you'll see that exact game released again and it'll be the complete edition or what have you right and it'll have all the dlc included in the game for usually less than what you paid to buy it when it came out
3: that usually
5: hurts Mm mm-hmm but you also got the right over time, exactly and... but you also had the right to play with it uh, play it <laughs> when it was new Right. so you know you gotta, you gotta like I paid <clears throat> what was it 60 bucks for uh, Saints Row 4 and if I would have waited a few months I could have got it for 20
0: yeah yeah I waited on that one
5: <laughs> I didn't it was amazing <laughs> I'll probably go out and uh, pre-order Borderlands the prequel. Pre-sequel. Pre-
3: <laughs> from what I understand,
5: <laughs>
4: cool. the sales for DLC decrease pretty much exponentially after um, the game gets released, so the further away you release a piece of DLC, the fewer copies you're going to sell, because everyone's going to have moved on to the, ne- the next game. Very few people, apart from the fanboys, will keep playing that game forever essentially so um, it makes complete sense for a business point of view to to release that DLC as close to release date as possible and you cannot get closer than day one right (laughs) (laughs) so um, yeah it's I have a problem not even as a as an anti used game thing I can see that that has potential for um, a way of because I mean there is a problem in um, used game sales for the developers because they don't get any money from that sale at all Mm -hmm. the problem is it's not us who are screwing them over it's the retailers so and by getting money off us they are punishing us for the retailers not giving them any part of that transaction in the
2: used sale it's yeah Microsoft tried to do away with that, with that whole Xbox One fiasco when they first announced it, saying that you couldn't uh, you could load the game to your system, but then you couldn't even lend it to a friend because it would be locked to your system. Oh, yeah! Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, that yeah.
0: sucked. Yeah, that that's another Nobody reason why. That. <laughs> yeah, that that's part of the reason why I am not leaning towards an Xbox One yeah. this time around, partially because Whoa. of that.
5: Well, for them it made perfect sense. You know, business yeah. sense,
0: but Yeah. They they didn't Not see what the other side of it though. <laughs> no, oh,
5: no, they screwed up. They dropped the ball.
0: I, I have just because I was wondering, I looked up the other day um, console sales and the PlayStation 4 has outsold the Xbox 1 8 mm-hmm. months in a row, almost a full year now. And I'm wondering if part of that isn't be because of the PR fiasco between no, you, you have to get it with Kinect because it's designed for it, and no, you have to keep the disc that you bought with the console because that's how it's designed. We can't change it, even though they did. Did, yeah. Um, they had to. Yeah. It... it, it it, it makes me wonder if if they had played it right and looked at it, if the PlayStation 4 wouldn't be number one eight months in a row. That's, that's pretty telling. That, that's hard to, to, to beat. That means that we're probably going to get more exclusives for the PS4 than we would have the Xbox One it probably also means that anything that would have been multi-console may not be multi-console. Because Sony now has a little bit extra money to go, hey, why don't you uh, just stick with us and here's some some bonus cash.
4: Well, from what I understand, a large part of why there were so many PS3 exclusives uh, on the last generation was because of the modular... Design, I think it was a sort of it was a PS3 was put together very differently from the Xbox. So in order to make it multi-platform, uh, you essentially had to completely make the game twice in order to get it working because it didn't work. Xbox worked essentially like a PC, right, whereas with uh, the, Direct X eleven, mm-hmm. whereas PlayStation worked completely different altogether. Which is why you end up with games which are multi-platform often. Not working as well on the PS3, like when Fallout 3 was released, it had terrible issues on the PS3. Um, now, from what I understand, this generation, the PS4 is much more like the PC again, and so. Uh,
0: well, ooh, you want to know a, a little-known secret? It's it's if you look, you can find it. But both the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 are both running Intel, or excuse me, not Intel other company AMD um, APUs they're, they're running multi-core CPUs with multi-core graphics built onto the same chip and that is an APU, you could go out and buy one right now um, and build your own basically you could build your own PlayStation 4 or build your own (laughs) Xbox One with off-the-shelf parts, because what AMD did is they, they tweaked the design a little bit. They're regular computer cores. They're not anything fancy or different or special like with the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3. Those were running off of a different instruction set than normal computers. Now, the and the 1 are running off of x86. They're running off of regular computer CPUs.
4: And I think yeah, that's largely why we're getting um, so many cross-platform ones, and especially uh, the exclusives seem to be timed exclusives we're getting for the Xbox, which as far as I can tell is just Microsoft paying for a limited exclusive. This deal, Prez. Mm-hmm.
0: which I also don't like. Oh I, no, yeah. no no no! <laughs> everything should
5: nothing good can
0: come <laughs> for that. Everything should be on every platform, and that way the agreed that the customer can decide what they want.
5: Did you hear that, Destiny? Why isn't it out for the PC yet? <laughs> Why is it out for the PC? Well, yet? Yeah. I don't
1: understand. N- neither do I. Because then it would become a full MMO. <laughs> oh,
3: last topic. <laughs>
0: Well, I think that pretty much covers all the topics that we had planned. Um, Does anyone have anything that they want to add? Another quick discussion topic before we go through our uh, played of the weeks and
1: that kind of thing? Citadel was the best Mass Effect expansion.
0: (laughs) Yes, that was fantastic. I finally went through and finished that and it made oh, it question. a very
1: different game i want to ask my question now i've been saving this this question oh yeah for yeah yeah you, you had a special yeah. question in in suspense at the beginning of our pre-show um, okay so 2 weeks ago and this is a question that i thought up for a long time and then and then i asked it at uh, montreal comic con when i was actually speaking with um, the project director and some of the developers there and i asked them If you had the chance to play Mass Effect 3, and it goes for all the uh, expansions and for all the games, or, okay, if you had the chance to play Mass Effect from beginning to end, would you play it, and let's say all the expansions were out, would you play it once without the expansions, or would you play it the first time through with all the expansions included? And I found it kind of an interesting question because when you don't play with the expansions, it gives you a different sense of the game, but when you add the expansions, sometimes it can change your thoughts. Different things can happen, but sometimes you it changes your perception of what you expect the game to be and, and how you, you view it for the first time. So my question is to you guys and to everyone out there is, if you had the chance to play Mass Effect for the first time and all the expansions were out, would you play it? without the expansions for the first time, or would you play it with the expansions for the first time?
0: I'd play it with the expansions. The extra, especially with the third one, um, that Citadel DLC adds a lot of fleshing out to some of the new characters that you wouldn't necessarily see otherwise. And it makes them feel a lot more lifelike, a lot more valuable, um, less kind of just oh they threw them in there f- just because they wanted new faces it, it actually made it go oh that's why they're there so yeah I would play it with with the DLCs the first time around with the DLC. Yeah.
4: now I haven't played the Mass Effect 3 DLC yet which I really should do and keep planning to but then get distracted by the multiplayer but um, I yeah I'd say with Mass Effect 2 which I have played the DLC for I would play without the DLC simply because I never know which order to play it in. It's just sort of it throws them at you, and mm. there is no logical order for where this fits in the story. I, I mean, either put them after the whole thing is finished, or you know, unlock them as the game goes on in a sort of clear logical way. Because otherwise, it sort of it really brings you out. I find when. Like, the Kasumi DLC, which clearly belongs somewhere in the middle, is thrown at you right at the beginning.
0: Let's say. Or, um, what was the one that, that bridged 2 and 3, and the reason why Shepard was in jail, or whatever? Yeah. Um, The one where they um, blow up the relay. Is
4: it First Contact or something? I, can't remember. Uh, I
0: don't remember the exact... Invasion? I, I don't... Unfortunately, I just don't remember. I'm blanking out. Sorry, guys. All you
1: you need to know is Citizen... Or Citizen Citadel was the best one. Oh, yeah. I
0: I would agree with that. But, um, (laughs) yeah, if you don't play with the DLCs, especially going from 2 to 3, and you just go straight in from Vanilla 2 right into 3, you find that Shepard is no longer in the Navy no longer a commander, no longer a specter. I mean, the complete world for Shepard changes. And you're left thinking, what? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just
4: saved the galaxy. What happened?
1: Exactly. (laughs) Yeah.
4: Uh, It's called Arrival, apparently.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, Arrival, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I played that one, and I got stuck in one area, and then I would I had to start over, it was great (laughs) We won't talk about that and how angry I got
5: Well Dan would tell me that I'm not allowed to talk because I didn't play any of the Mass Effects, I only played 3 so apparently I did that wrong You only played (laughs) 3 I only played 3
0: He he only plays the multiplayer in 3
5: I only well, I did play some of the uh, some of the storyline, okay. but then I, I was like, man, I want to know the story, but I don't really want to play it. I just like the multiplayer. So I did what Dan said as a cardinal sin. I looked it up the story on the YouTube. So that's someone else's story, but I know the story.
0: Well,
3: they did <laughs> hey, They they
0: did come out with the interactive novel thing, so you could set up your story.
3: Ah, there you so, go. So uh,
0: you, you could. Is that still
5: cheating, Dan?
0: Yeah, Dan is uh, that cheating? Less so
5: it's less. less so. so. It's... Okay. Uh,
0: well, I, I guess that would be the lesser of two evils then. <laughs> it's a loophole. <laughs> <laughs> I
5: have to say, it is a good game. It's just you know the Mass Effect One is a little outdated now. I mean, you're Ooh, talking yes. what four or five years ago.
1: If the story oh, boy, never gets too, old man. though.
5: If they do an HD remake of
4: it with the updated combat, that would just be awesome. See, I, That's I prefer not the happen. slower
5: combat
0: of the first one.
4: Did you? Enemies yeah. everywhere. Enemies everywhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mr. Orange Ace? Going back to the question of if I play
2: it with the DLC or not. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, in the same boat where I only played a little bit of the first one. But just generally, I'd probably want to play it once without the DLC and then go back and play it again with the DLC.
0: So your first time through, you would be a vanilla. Yeah. Okay. I, you know,
2: play play through it the bare bones. It also kind of gives it a, a replay value too because if I just play it through with everything, well, I'm done. In a sense, but now if I play it through bare bones, all this extra content I experience all over again, and I can make that comparison for myself between the two stories.
4: All right. Also, if you go vanilla, vanilla, you get the true Mass Effect ending, Rage, which is really important, I feel, to the Mass Effect experience. Yes. <laughs> which which color
0: do you prefer out of these three? Because the ending didn't make any difference. Everything after that, Collector or um the Reaper. Laser hitting you and knocking you out cold. Everything after that doesn't exist.
4: I think we're into, back <laughs> onto the fanboy thing. Actually, am I a Mass Effect
0: three oh, ending hating there fanboy? You go.
5: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, there you
5: go. Aren't you? Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I suppose I am. Unfortunately. By
1: the, by so the way, coming knocking at word, your door next.
5: Yeah. The word vanilla makes me shudder because I think of vanilla. Wow. wow. Yeah. That was just <laughs> that was just awful. I loved Wow. I had a good time in it, but once I got Up there in some of the expansions, WoW vanilla is something I shudder at. It was just horrible.
0: All right, well I think that pretty much does it for our discussion topics. Let's get into our uh, what we played. Um, I have, and well I'll I'll also use this for my pick of of the podcast, Space Base DF Nine. It's a game, Uh, game put out by Double Fine. And uh, what they did was think of it as like a Sim City or um, Caesar, the the Rome city builder, uh, but set in space. And you're building your own space station, and you have different things that you have to deal with, um, making sure there's enough oxygen, making sure that you have enough minerals to deconstruct to, in order to replicate things to add on and expand. you have to make sure that you have enough security forces and that kind of thing. Um, and when I got it it was an early access game. it was also on sale for 20 bucks. Well worth it for the 20 bucks I feel. It is not the most fleshed out game. for instance, if uh, there's an invader, and they're inside the station attacking things, well you can only place down a security beacon for that general area you can't say security guard Joe I need you to go and secure that alien and take him to the brig it doesn't allow you for that granularity which can be a problem because they'll do their own thing even though you place down an emergency beacon
4: so like settlers back in the day
0: it's very similar to it, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just very kludgy at times, but I still find myself losing tons of hours to that game. It's still fun to me.
4: It's
5: cool.
0: What about you, Mike? What have you been playing this week? Well, I've been
5: playing some Swiftour, SW- of course. Um, had a lot of fun there having fun with the conquest um i do have a question for bioware but yeah they're probably not listening or one (laughs) listener is not from them so uh ouch ouch. Uh, (laughs) the question is when you have a week and this is probably a sore subject with some because i've said it enough but if you have a week where you call it your uh Flashpoint week. It's Flashpoint Havoc. Yeah, for the PVE content.
3: For, for the group dungeons. It,
5: but none of it is repeatable. That burns my craw a little bit because the crafting week is all repeatable. The PVP week is all repeatable. But the PVE week is not. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't quite understand that, especially when it's also legacy based. So if you do it on one character, you're done for the week. That makes So, absolutely so it's, a, it's no account sense. locked. Yes, it's account locked. I have asked, uh, we sent a message on Twitter to uh, Mr. Musco and uh, the other gentleman that took over for Amber. I don't remember his name.
0: I think it's Tate Watson. Is it Tate? I, I think. And don't hold me to that.
5: I haven't checked in the last three hours, but they didn't respond all day. So I don't think we're going to get an answer because they can't be honest. Uh the on, I just want them to be honest and say, well, we're not going to do that because it's mostly a PvP oriented event. <laughs> it's really not. I don't think it's set up to be a PvP PvP can't talk <laughs> oriented <laughs> event. But yeah, so that kind of burns in my craw a little bit. But I'm still having fun. I'm still doing it, so they're still getting my money. Um, the other game I've been playing is Plant Side Two. They just had a uh, WXP weekend for subs.
0: I missed I, it.
5: I was there for 2 days. I, I had a good it. time doing that. But uh I bought the minigun for the uh,
0: for the heavy? Uh,
5: yeah, for the heavy hey, and hey, uh, you I'm guys loving are such it.
1: Fanboys.
5: We are fanboys. <laughs> <laughs> minigun fanboy, yeah. Mini I'm
0: a, who is fan of the minigun? Who, yeah, if you don't like firing a minigun, <laughs> then you need to make sure you're like all there. Cool.
5: You pull the trigger and everybody dies. That's
0: <laughs> awesome.
5: <laughs> the sound and everybody it
0: makes—just
5: <laughs> the sound alone—it's oh, an The sound awesome alone gun. makes people pee in their pants. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I just imagine all these little twelve-year-olds that I'm shooting going, "Holy crap!" <laughs> I'm running for the hills.
4: I just Usually, there's a no all guns are turning towards me at that, me that moment. <laughs>
5: But, yeah, just mainly those two games. i uh, been doing a lot of work in real life. Ugh, sorry, I didn't mean to curse.
0: Yeah, you, you had to use that four-letter word. <laughs>
5: <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see you this week. It was Dan last week. But, uh, <laughs> uh, so I really haven't played much else but those two games.
0: How about you, Mr. Mateer, Mr. Orange Ace? Well, today, or the the day we're recording
2: this anyway, is the release of FIFA 15 here in the States. So my copy came in the mail this morning, and I've been playing that. Um, I've been a loyal FIFA fan for years and years and years, since FIFA 98 on the N64. Uh, And I've also been playing a little bit of uh, Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance on the 3DS. I got it for 10 bucks at a flea market a couple weeks ago there you go oh yeah delving into that one of the many half a dozen side stories they've got going on in between games but uh
0: that's about it awesome all right who's up next uh we'll go Corey this time
1: oh what have i been doing um well you know what the, the the games called essays those are fun especially <laughs> when you get the really complex games that are like 100 <laughs> pages long uh no i it wasn't 100 pages uh you know what university work is always fun uh that's what i've been doing for the past uh, week but in reality i've actually been playing a lot of flight simulator i do a lot of um online flying um with very accurately built aircraft and uh, very accurate software. Which flight simulator are you using? Um, I'm actually working with uh, Lockheed Martin, has a program called Prepared, and it's based off of Microsoft Flight Simulator X. Ten. Um, okay. Lockheed Martin um, has a license with Microsoft to take their product and to enhance it for further development that Lockheed is using, but they also released a student and academic version. That uh, we can use and they've enhanced the game and it's a lot better. Um, I'm also playing uh, or using X-Plane. That's a pretty popular one. People know it mostly because of the space shuttle that they can land and you can Mm -hmm. go to Mars and all that fun stuff. Um, But I take these simulators very seriously and I dedicate a lot of my time to actually flying airliners Um, for example Air Canada or flying Cessnas and actually doing the flights and those flights could be from example Ottawa to Toronto which is an hour and that's me sitting in front of the computer for an hour doing that flight or for me going from Toronto to Hong Kong which I don't know how many hours that is I'm not going to try to guess but is longer than probably 10 hours. I think that's I won't more along sit-
0: the lines of like 16 hours.
1: 16 hours. I won't sit in front of my computer for 16 hours, but my <laughs> computer will be running for 16 hours to do that entire flight. What I do in between that time is up to me. <laughs> Usually it would be sitting in the cockpit if that were real, but I'm not going to do that because I have other things to do. But that's what I've been doing in my spare time is a lot of uh, flight simulator, and that's, that's a lot of fun. And especially when it's online, you can interact with people and
0: I haven't done flights and stuff in a long time, and I really should start to get back into that.
1: It's, uh, you know, it's really, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's not for everyone, though, but uh, when when you're someone like me who takes it very seriously, it becomes a lot of fun. So
4: yep. Yep. It's yeah. so, so far outside my sphere, I wouldn't know where to begin
1: with. Well, you know, the- it, it, yeah. for me, I play it because I became epileptic about four years ago, and I lost my ability to fly. Um, I was about ten hours away from getting my pilot's license when I became epileptic, oh, and okay. I can That's no longer, yeah, I can no longer fly, which, yeah, it, it really does suck, but...
5: Come to PlanetSide to fly for us I <laughs> need, yeah. need pilots because all I can do is crash
3: in trees.
0: <laughs> I, I but, he, he uh, would shudder at how those planes handle. I know they but they're they're them. not I, I sim I I realistic at them. all.
1: I have flown them. They're quite interesting to fly. I will say that. <laughs> yeah, we, we could get, you could have pilot. your own podcast on just that.
4: <laughs> how
0: about you, Dan? What have you been playing lately?
4: Uh, Now, there's a reason you left me to last, isn't there? because you have been hearing me complain about this all day. Yes. I have been tricked into buying Assassin's Creed Black Flag. I heard it was an Assassin's Creed game for people who do not like Assassin's Creed. Now, what happened? (laughs) I was promised piratey adventure. Now, I started on my piratey adventure, set sail for the sunset, and was taken into an office building where I was given a letter from PR about how a how much how i can expect equality within their system i do not want this i want piratey adventures i know how how to treat people equally i got them equally what
1: game did you buy (laughs) it sounds sounds like office simulator (coughs) oh Oh, i have that one
4: promise piratey adventure i got office simulator
0: this is not fair
1: I I have that game. I do pirating stuff. I have my own humongous boat. I don't know what you're talking yeah, I, about. Yeah, I,
0: I got a 24 cannon broadside that I, no, can, you don't. Yeah. That I can swing around. that I can swing Pretending to have a big boat.
4: <laughs> now, I am willing to suspend my disbelief and become a pirate. That's fine. What I am not willing to do is suspend my disbelief to become someone suspending their disbelief, becoming a pirate. That is one too many suspensions. <laughs> <laughs> I already have so many suspensions of
1: disbelief. You know what? In office simulator, just wait till you start spying in your office simulator. That's <laughs> when it gets a lot more fun.
0: Oh yeah, I forgot about that part.
1: Yeah. That that's the fun part. Like yeah.
4: So yeah, everyone wanting piraty adventure, get Monkey Island. It's much more piratey. No offices at all. <laughs> or, or Sid Meier's Pirates. Oh yes. Oh
5: yes. There
1: you go. Um <laughs> What about Goat Simulator? Has anyone been trying out Goat Simulator? <laughs>
0: no. Oh, Goat Simulator. No. There's
5: real
1: Goat Simulator. It's yes. on sale for the iPhone for $4. Oh, How can you not get it? Simulator. Oh, man.
4: Well, Has anyone what? made an Everything Simulator yet? Just for it. it's got Well,
1: there, there was that's Rock, rock simulator, simulator
0: before it got there pulled off the market. There is
5: Simulator.
0: <laughs> oh,
4: so many simulators.
5: The Farting Simulator.
2: Has anyone oh, played um, Five Nights
4: at Freddy's?
5: I
0: saw let's
4: play of it but I haven't actually played it.
0: Yeah, no, I have
5: not. I usually like games that shoot things in the face. Yeah.
2: So yeah. It's like you're working security at a at a like a Chuck E Cheese type place after dark where the animatronic characters come to life and try to kill you. So you have to No, 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 no. no, no
4: it's Don't, actually a power management game
2: yeah where... apparently this place didn't pay their power bill so we have enough juice to like switch lights on for 30 seconds and turn them off and
3: yeah
4: now why he sits there in his chair instead of making a fort out of the stuff around him I do not know <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's what I would do.
0: there you go trying to apply logic to video games how many Sorry. times have I told you you can't
1: do that
5: Put logic in my video games.
1: Who put these people in my MMO? <laughs> Why are they moving? What is he doing?
0: Hey, guys, thanks for listening to this edition of the Digital Critical Gaming Podcast. To reach us, you can always find us at digitalcriticalgaming.com, on Twitter, at digitalcritical, or you can email us feedback at digitalcriticalgaming.com. Thanks. We really appreciate you listening, and we hope to hear from you soon. Bye for now!